Welcome back to the Westside Discussion Podcast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Westside Discs. My name is Jay. Thanks for listening. This is episode 17. Today I'm joined by Nicholas Duran. Nick is a five-time world champion. He holds five world records. He's been playing disc golf for a while. His PDGA number is 28359, if that tells you anything. This is Nick's first year on Team Westside. Nick, thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Uh, super excited to be on here. And heck yeah. I've uh, been playing disc golf for about 19 years, to answer that question real quick. All right. Well, you're already ahead of me, so let's just get into it then. How did, how did you start playing? Uh, so one of my dad's friends took him out when they were doing baseball coaching in high school. And since then, he took my brothers out and then fortunately took me out at a super young age. And because of that, I mean, I've been addicted to the flight of a Frisbee since I was about three, four years old, just walking around watching them. So that's how I got started. And then it progressed into a little bit more with me wanting to be better than my brothers. That's it's typically how it happens, especially in families like that. That rivalry um, kind of sparks sparks a lot. Oh, my brothers had sports on top of me with wrestling, baseball, everything that we did. So it was just like, this is the one thing that I wanted to be better at than them that they could not claim. So took that one. So you, you mentioned the flight of the Frisbee, and I know you hold some uh, some world records. Tell me about those. I hold the... Uh, eight and under, nine and under, ten and under, eleven under, and twelve and under. So I have five world records. Um, the farthest of which being five hundred feet and four inches when I was twelve. Um, oh, wow. I don't quite remember the other ones right offhand, but I remember that one specifically. So how how does that work exactly? How, how like how is that an official world record? So flat distance uh, has to be flat ground. Um, you had to have, I think it was like four or five spotters at the time and you get 15 attempts and it's not from where the disc actually ends up landing. It's where the disc makes first point of contact with the ground. So, you know, where my foot left and where the disc hit is where we are measuring with the, the laser range finders. Is that all at one place? Is that, you know, a certain competition or can anyone do that from anywhere as long as they kind of record it? Anybody can do it from anywhere as long as it's recorded, and it has to be flat ground. Um, I mean, David Wiggins, when he was very first doing his world records, he was doing them inside of uh, football fields, across football fields, inside of soccer fields, all sorts of anywhere that he had enough distance to throw. And is this is this a Guinness world record? Is this from the PDGA? Who does this? This is the WFDF, so the World Federation of Disc. I don't quite remember that, that what it is, but it's the WFDF organization. So you started playing, uh, you said about three or four? Yeah, I was, I was super, super young. So, I mean, I, I wasn't really like playing, playing at the time. I mean, I was probably just, I was walking around with my mom and dad and brothers mostly and just hanging out. But, you know, five, five years, six years old, I started getting more into it. And then I finally got to go into my first world championship when I was seven and ended up winning that one. All right. So I was 2007. Um, it was junior four, right? Junior four, which is ten and under, yeah. And now, have you been playing tournaments before that, or did you just was that your first tournament? Uh, I was playing a couple tournaments before that. I probably played within probably twenty tournaments before then. I would like to say probably right around there. But this, was this your first world tournament? Yeah, that was my very first world championships. So what? So just, let's talk about that then for a little bit. Your first uh, first world champion, you go you go and win. Walk us through that. 
Um, so it was really cool because it was, it was all the way over in Michigan and, you know, to take a family vacation all the way out there is crazy because it was mostly just for me to go throw frisbees in a park and go have fun and go do what my family loved to do. So getting out there and the courses play to still my advantage. It reminds me a lot of the home courses that I have back here, tight wooded and hit the fairway type deals. I still love those courses. I went back and played them a couple years back, actually. And I don't know. It was it was fun. I don't remember how many I won by actually by that one. It wasn't by many. I think it was like seven or something like that. So this was just for you then. So your brothers weren't playing at, at this time. So my my older brother Chris, uh, he was playing at this time. He's been to three or four world championships. I think his be- best finish in, at a Worlds was in Kansas City in two thousand nine, and I believe he took a fifth place out there and was one back of the the final nine, I believe, if I remember correctly. So at that age, coming you know coming to the end, is there a lot of nerves? Um as you're about to win that or, or what's that kind of feel like? I remember a lot of excitement and a lot of smiling and a lot of just like just wanting to be the best at the time because at the time you don't really think of just winning. I thought of just how good could I play? How good could I be? How good could I be? What What is possible? So, I mean, it was just mostly focusing on being the best still at that time. So I, I don't remember quite all the excitement behind my head, but I remember I wanted to keep pushing until the very last putt went in. All right, so that was in that was 2007. That was the end of July. And then the next day, you played the Indiana State Championships. Oh, dang. I didn't think you were going to mention that. Wow. Yeah, I did, <laughs> actually. That's funny. Um, yeah, me and my family drove all the way to Indiana over to – Wow, I can't remember this the little lake over there, but they played the World Championships out there a couple years ago too. I forget the name of the course. Um, but anyway, yeah, I won out there in Indiana State Championship the day after the World Championships, and that was a fun one. That was weird. Was that like was that a last minute decision, or is that something kind of planned? You're going to go uh, play the World Champions and then um, go to Indiana. So we had a we had it as an idea on the way coming back all the way to Arizona, but it wasn't anything that we're like dead set on when we're heading out to Worlds. So I guess it was just kind of like let's let the momentum ride and just go have fun and go check out a new course. So did people there know that you just won the the World Championship? Was there any kind of like pressure or anything for you uh, to perform well? Uh, I think it, people knew, but. I think in my head, it was just still at the end of the day, just continue to be as good as I can be throwing the disc. So, I mean, I, I didn't put that extra pressure on myself when I was younger just because I won championships. It was just a killer instinct, like keep going till the end. Just keep fighting. So that was, so that was 2007, your first world championships, junior four, you return the next year, junior four again, and you win it. Was there, I mean, I talk, we talk about pressure going to the Indiana State Championships, but um, coming back to go back to back, how was that feeling? This one was definitely a, a bit of a pressure moment just because, I mean, going back and defending the crown seemed like a monumental task at the time, being eight years old at that time. So it just seemed like something that was like 
just such a huge huge peak and it was it was fun i don't i don't quite remember uh how much i won by on that one or where what courses i played but um i i remember that one being finally to the point of dang i'm doing this like 100% if i get this one let's see how many more i can go to get that second title was a big push to go get more actually too yeah so then 2008 you win again then you come back the next year for the illustrious three-peat. Yup, the three-peat. What was that feeling? That one was uh, a different feeling. Um, the guys that I played against were not as as great. I was still in 10 and under for those first three. So I believe I won that one by like 97, I believe it was, or something like that. 97 strokes. So there wasn't much pressure. It was just me going out to have fun on the courses out there and still trying to do my best because I was always trying to beat myself. But that was a really cool moment to get my three-peat out there in Kansas, and that was a good time. That year I set uh, the third distance world record too. Oh, that happened That happened there? No, not out there. It happened out here in Arizona, but that was the same year and everything. It was a, oh, the same time. That was a good year, yeah. And then the next year, um, 2010, you moved up the division. Junior yep, three came in, uh, so you finished third in that one. What was that tournament like coming back? You know, winning three in the division before and then moving up a division. How was that feeling? So that was a really, really cool tournament, and I probably made some of my best friends ever. Um, if you look at the people who took first and second, uh, second place it was a local friend, uh, Tristan Covington, a kid that I grew up with, and we play disc golf every weekend with. So. To see him take second inside of a playoff was super, super exciting. There wasn't a moment of anger, sadness, or any kind of like that because I was still so young. It was more excitement for my friend to go see him. And then if you look at the the kid that took first place, Daichi Inoue, over from Japan, I went to Japan Open in 2014, and I stayed with his family. And I stayed with him and got to hang out with them for a month out there. So, I mean... That year was a sad letdown inside of myself, but it was also probably one of the biggest growing moments I had at a young age to know that I'm not the top dog again. Did you go to Japan to play disc golf or was it for something else and you just played disc golf while you were there? I played disc golf. I went to go play disc golf and I was there for the Japan Open in 2014 and ended up staying out there for a couple of extra weeks just to hang out and visit Japan and get to know the, the culture and the world out there. Oh, wow. What brought that on? Dreams. Just uh, I remember watching Steve Rico and Nico LaCastro and Avery Jenkins and Val Jenkins, Dez playing out there and watching it on uh, CD videos and everything right there. And I remember that was one place that I've always dreamed of playing disc golf. So I ended up making that dream a reality with the help of my parents and Innova at the time. And they sent me out to... To go make that dream come true. When did you get connected with Innova? So I got sponsored with Innova in 2007, shortly after I won the world championship. Was that pretty much because of the world championship? Was there anything else going on with that? Uh, I think it was a lot of just me coming and getting the world record and winning the world championship and seeing that, oh, maybe this kid has some potential to be something great. And I think that was a lot of it. And just knowing a lot of the top guys, too, since a young age and just having my name in their heads, I 
I bet I had a couple good referrals in there. Yeah, so I've had other people from the team, you know, on here, and and most were, you know, much older when they got sponsored. What what was it like getting sponsored as a kid? What's that process like? Uh, so it was different because I had a lot of my dad's help at the time, and he took a lot. He took care of most of that kind of business and everything. But I remember getting ordering like fifty discs at a time, and getting shirts and bags and hats and all sorts of fun gear that I wanted or whatever at the time. And I just remember writing down my Christmas list and sending it over in an email to to the big guys over there. And a week later at my door, I got a Christmas present. So that was always an awesome feeling as a kid. That was the that was the coolest thing ever. Nice. How long were we thinking about? Uh, so I can't remember if it was 12 or 13 years. I want to say it was 13, but it might have been 12. I was with Innova for, uh, for a good good little while there. They did me really good. So was that something you renewed every year? Did you do any multi-year deals? Uh, that was something that was on a year-to-year basis after the first couple of years. And I, I kept earning my spot onto the team. So it was, it was awesome to be over there. So let's back up a little bit. So in 2010, then you went uh, world's third place. Uh, returned the next year, though, same division, and you won it. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so uh, definitely that year was over in Rochester, New York. And that was a that was definitely the year I kind of had to prove something to myself. Definitely, I mean, I just lost the year before to a couple really good competitors, and I wasn't going to be the guy that left that job unfinished. And I wanted to go back and get that. So I practiced my heart out that year. I remember going out playing every single day and practicing every single day with my brother driving me to the course and getting irritated with me, I think. I'd, I'd imagine not that long. <laughs> he, he was the one back and forth, back and forth after work every single day and after I got out of school. So that was a great feeling, getting that victory. There was a lot of emotion behind that one just because, well, it's my first one, my first 13 and under win. And mm-hmm. it just felt more of a, a goal to what I was doing. And it was awesome. It was a good feeling to get that one because it felt more official. Like I'm climbing the ranks and, going up the right way right and then 2013 you go back and you win it again so that was your last uh amateur world championship tell me about that one yep and that was in 16 and under and that was over in uh emporia kansas which are probably my favorite courses in the world yeah something special out there in emporia that we can happen and oh man the day before the tournament actually started i was out practice putting over at jones east and they had a practice basket by the lake right over there, and I hit off the basket, and my putter rolled about 40 feet, and it finally just rolled into the water and then floated away and then sank about halfway into the lake. So I rolled over to the dynamic shop and ended up getting a brand new uh, grid AVR, grid stamp AVR, and I ended up winning that tournament by nine using just that putter for the weekend. Oh, wow. That was a pretty fun one. Want to pause for one moment and say thank you again to Mando Discware for continued sponsorship. You really got to check out their lineup of apparel, shirts, hats, joggers. Their clothes are comfortable. They allow you to send it with style. You can check them out at mandodiscware.com. Use code WSD10 to save 10%. That's WSD10. So then at what point did you turn pro? So I I ended up uh, turning pro in 2014 but I was playing pro for probably about a year and a half before 
that tournament or before Worlds right there. I ended up winning my very first pro tournament uh, the month right before I headed out to go play in that world championship right there in 2013. Uh, I ended up winning the Aspen Sports Tree Bash in Flagstaff, Arizona, actually. So you were with Innova for 13 years. Were you sponsored by anyone else before Westside? Uh, the only other sponsors that I've ever really had are just like clothing sponsors. But other than that, for manufacturers, I've only been with Innova. So what made you want to join Team Westside? I've been throwing around uh, just different plastics all last year since I kind of started getting back into into getting disc golf professional and again. And something about just the plastic of the like the harp, you know, I have the world in the bag, the adder, the fortress, you know, those were discs that I was already tossing around and loved and was just excited to have in my bag. So it just made sense to maybe branch out and try something new and I'm very grateful for it because I found a lot of consistency, a lot of happiness and a lot of love from the Westside family and the crew from Westside at, at the main headquarters out there. So Westside has treated me amazing since I got in here. Awesome. Good to hear. Now I've talked to you know, a lot of people who, you know, switch manufacturers a couple of times. What was that transition like? Um, I mean, you said you've already been throwing some of them, but um, did it take you a while to, to fill your bag? So it didn't take too much. Cause I kind of just, I went off of what the main guys were already throwing from, from Westside DD and lat and kind of taking into consideration what their game is like compared to mine and why they would throw their what they throw. So it wasn't too much of a difference into why or like the move. It was just finding the plastics that I really enjoyed in the hand, not so much the disc, but the plastic type. So what are your next goals? Uh, a couple of the next goals, I'm actually coming out with a new uh, fundraiser stamps for the rest of my season this year or this year uh tomorrow or tonight I'm not sure yet uh getting some of those going i'm going out to washington i'm looking at utah i'm looking at idaho i got a couple other spots um the las vegas challenge is one that i'm looking at not the las vegas challenge the clubhouse clash is what it is um just Playing some more tournaments out here. Uh, I'm working on getting disc golf into a school currently up here right now, too, and designing uh, two more courses up here in Arizona. Definitely going to be a busy year still. How are you going about getting the disc golf in school? What are you doing there? So currently I've been working with the, the Fort Apache tribes, and one of my buddies who plays disc golf inside of there, his name is John Aday, uh, has been... He's also a teacher there, so he's been able to get kind of an after-school, in-school kind of program where they have a couple baskets and on some disc. So he's kind of already got it into there, but we're trying to make it more into the curricular for PEs, in for that PE, and actually designing a course on site on the school campus over there for them. So I've had a step into it. It's just now we're designing the course, getting a, more of a a straight line in the curriculum for the school. Oh, wow. Is this the first time you've done anything like that as far as with schools go? Um, with schools, yes. But, uh, you know, my dad has had many hands in other projects. So he kind of, he gave me some good advice on how to go about it. Ah, very cool. Well, good luck with that. That definitely sounds very interesting. Yeah, it's definitely going to be cool. And, uh, man, I'm jealous of those kids. They can walk right outside their dorm, dorm room and they're right on the 
full ones T-pad, so I'm jealous of that. Yeah, that would be pretty sick. Now, you mentioned when you went to switch to Westside, it was because you got back into disc golf. Did you take a break in there? So, uh, I had a kid. I have a child. I have a three-year-old son, Skylar James. Uh, during the time of just being a young father and trying to be the best father that I could, I just took some time off of disc golf. I think I've played, I played maybe two, three tournaments in the first two years of his life and just wanted to be the best dad that I could be. So yeah, now that he's a little bit older and understanding and even going out and playing disc golf with me, he's excited to go see me play. He's excited to go watch me practice and you know, he's, he's been a big influence on me to get back into it, actually. Yeah, no, I definitely understand that. Priorities do change over time. So what are your future plans then? I know you're talking about your goals now, but what, what are you kind of looking for in the future? So uh, next year, I definitely want to go out and I want to be more of a traveling pro, hitting more of the Disc Golf Pro Tour tournaments, the Silver Series if I can, and even a whole bunch more of the eight tiers. Um that's definitely in the plans and I want to just get to have a branding people get to know me a bit more on a personal level and start being more productive on the social media sides on YouTube channels and growing the name and growing the sport of disc golf like I said growing growing the growing the sport is something that's really really big to me like going into the schools and getting disc golf into schools and doing anything that I can just to make it possible for disc golf to grow. You know, I, I would really want to be a, a big side of the promotion of disc golf and why it has a great, a great future. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's really great time talking to you before we go. Is there anything else you want to say or plug? Uh, real quick. I just want to say thank you Westside so much for everything that you guys have done for me this year. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, taking a risk on me is definitely one that is going to pay off here in the future. And I, I definitely believe it. So thank you guys for believing in me. Like I believe in myself. Um, my mom, my dad, my son, my brothers, my cousins, my, you know, my sister, my entire family. Thank you everyone for supporting me the way I had asked and hope you guys would. And thank you for doing that. And all my local mountain boys, thank you. And we'll see you guys on the course. Thank you so much for listening. This is the West Side Discussion Podcast. I want to thank Nick for coming on. Thank you again to Mando Disquare for continued support of the show. The theme song is What Would You Be Like by Akira the Don. We'll continue the discussion next time.